0: All right, happy Monday, May tenth a busy weekend of stuff in Ohio and we're happy to talk about today here on the Ohio wind a very cold Monday. how are you guys doing Craig and Brandon? trying to, trying stay, to warm, stay warm, kind of cold yeah i I can't well, believe you, Thanks I can't believe it's May tenth Brandon I mean uh, it seems like it's been colder later this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think spring is kind of north, part of the course. Cold in the morning. Um, then, you know, you regret bringing your dra- jacket by the afternoon to school. <laughs> At least that was my experience as a kid uh, going to to the classroom. is like, oh, why do I need my coat? Or like, oh, it's cold. I need my coat. And it's like, oh, I got to do the 90s thing and wrap it around my waistline. And um, it's such <laughs> a pain to carry around. Yeah. Um, Typical typical spring weather for me.
0: Yeah, we got to see a picture of that. You got to send us a picture of, of <laughs> 90s Brandon. I think that'd be interesting. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, now, you're giving me a
1: reason to see my mother. I just yes. got my Mother's Day quote.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. It's okay. It's I'm
1: kidding. I, I love taking the chance I ever get to see my mom.
0: <laughs> yeah. what? what and let's talk about that because we've got to our list. Um, yesterday, Mother's Day. Um, I did something kind of weird for the first time. Uh, my wife always talked about this, saying, hey, give me the day off. So I said, you're on. So what I did was uh, she got to go away for the night. She just picked a hotel, went away for the night, and I took care of the kids. And I, I got to tell you, it wasn't as bad as I thought. My wife was like, they're going to end up dead. You don't know what's going on. They're going to be crazy. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, maybe I was just lucky, but they actually went to bed by themselves. They um, they were pretty good. dog didn't start freaking out till about a half hour before mommy was coming home. It actually turned out to be pretty good. Now I don't want to do this all the time. I'm glad my wife's here and <laughs> she's ready to be a mom. But for one night, it actually worked out pretty good, and we had a good day yesterday. Um... Got to talk to my mom on the phone. it was pretty good um Craig how about yours? yeah
2: pretty good uh we you know my my sister and my mom all of us are vaccinated, so my sister and her daughter and my mom and dad all kind of got together and had a little dinner and uh played around and you know watched our niece throw around a little toy ram that my uh my sister had gotten her and it was uh, it was kind of fun so we had we had a lot we had a blast we stayed around for a couple hours and went home and did some stuff with my wife's uh, family as well, all vaccinated, of course. So, um, it was a pretty fun night.
0: And Brad, so like you have a good day too.
1: Yeah, a pretty good day. Um, you know, <clears throat> my, my, uh, for the most part of my life, my family unit has always just been me and my uh, sister, my grandmother, my mother, um, sprinkled here and there with some visits and visitations with my dad. But, um, um, mostly that was just the four of us though. Uh, yesterday we, I got to go over to my mom's and, uh, um, (laughs) we're all vaccinated. So my mom's like, you don't need a mask. And my grand's like, you don't need to be perfect. (laughs) And I was like, I wanted to still wear a mask just for, just, just for the time being. But, um, I, I played along. Um, but you know, good, just a good, good, uh, way of having some, we, we, uh, had to carry out fish and chips from old bag of nails and played some Yahtzee and, uh, just chatted. Uh, surprisingly, not much about politics these days. I even noted it. I'm like, my gosh, we haven't we haven't said anything crazy. Nothing's crazy really happened. Unless <laughs> not crazy enough to talk about it.
0: Yeah, it's a good conversation for another day. Um, I know it's, it's kind of hurting the news a little bit because I think sometimes news ratings and in, in my business, like number of people click on stories, it's gone down a little bit, and not because everyone missed... President Trump, I think it was more of there was more to read on that end. Um, but yeah, it's interesting and I'm seeing it on Facebook too. Um, I have some Facebook friends that are bound to give a bunch of, you know, Trump posts or anything. I haven't seen as much of that, which is good. I'm not even just talking from a a President Trump side. I'm talking about the other side too. So, yeah. It's definitely a good thing. So, yeah. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Uh, Good day, and if you didn't get a chance to say hi to your mom, say hi to your mom today. Um, I we're giving a door dash to my mom, um, probably gonna buy her some donuts today and have it delivered, so should be a good day. Um, bunch of news this uh today to go over. Uh, something that I want to touch on quick. We talked a lot about capacity at COVID you know, like what's it gonna look like here in the summer, what's it gonna look like in the fall. Um, Ohio State, um, there's obviously talk, and, you know, Ohio State's a place that, you know, most all the time sells out. You know, Ohio State's supposed to be pretty good this year, so they should sell out again. Uh, There are people saying, hey, look, we're going to be all the way full in the fall, and it's not even just hopes. We're we're saying, hey, that's what we want to do, and even Governor DeWine says, hey, I'm pretty optimistic. It, it, It looks like it could happen. Um, I, I don't know, Craig, I'm not afraid of it. Um, I, I think like we talked about a lot of other things. we'll just have to make our own choice. I mean, I, I guess I'm not going to freak out if it's full, but then on the other hand, you probably aren't going to see me at Ohio State game this year. Uh, what do you think?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's trending that way, whether, you know, whether the governor supports it or not, you know, this override coming up in June will certainly allow for the university to do it seems like as they please, I can't imagine the state legislature is going to change their mind about, you know, the majority of them change their mind about, you know, allowing no health orders or full capacity. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if, you know, that happens and, you know, obviously Ohio state wouldn't be the only team that's, you know, would have gone back to full capacity. I know Alabama, I think allowed for near or almost full capacity for their spring game. So, I think that's the, the trend right now, and, and hopefully the numbers are, are tamped down even more going into the fall, but even if they're not, I don't think the, the school's going to let this opportunity slip by to, to be able to recoup some of those fans they lost last year.
0: Well, and the NFL is, you know, they're fully playing for full attendance this fall as well, too. Um, you know, Brandon, I know you're not a big – I'm going to go to a lot of Ohio State football games person, um, you're a big crew and yeah, we're going to talk about the crew in a little bit. Um, do you see COVID affecting your plans for, you know, crew games this year? I, not based on the teams that are doing good or not or other things. Do you, do you see COVID factoring in how many games you're going to go to?
1: Uh, you know, I'm vaccinated. I feel pretty care, uh, safe just going to one with a mask, wearing a mask and, um, and, um, you know, it's like Craig really nailed it on the head. It's really there's not much of a there's not much of an option really because this you know if the if the state of Ohio's legislators decide to override the governor, um, really they're going to take away that legal the legal excuse um, for for businesses. Businesses won't be able to hide hmm. behind well we're doing this because of the law says so. So now most likely that's going to just be. Um, you know, it's going to be on them to kind of ca- carve out what protections they're comfortable with. And then, you know, how much willing they're going to, how much, um, backlash or how much, um, you know, discernment or whatever, whatever the feeling or emotion they're going to, they're willing to take from customer bases. Cause man, there have been some, there were already outrageous w- from cu- some customers just because for when the businesses were following the law anyway, uh, you know, um, not that they, me, probably were even aware that it was law. It's just them being stupid. But um, you know, I think a lot of MLS stadiums are going to go full capacity. Texas ones, particularly. Um, I, it's going to be. I, I, I you, you're. Not, I'm not sure what the crews' thoughts were. Sometimes I think they treaded on caution and they didn't go for as full of a capacity as they wanted to. Um, When they could have in in previous months, but at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if they just said, "We're just doing full capacity." I don't, I, I'm not sure what's, um, what route they want to go from a marketing standpoint. (laughs) But um, as far as my involvement, you know, I have credit. I have my month, my month, my credit's only good for this year and next year, and I don't think this pandemic's gonna leave us next year. I'm, I'm at the point, it's just something we're going to have to live with, and we're going to have to be like that family in Jaws that's the first one out in the beach and treads carefully with a little floaty and praying the shark doesn't get you first. Instead, it got the, the guy who went to a little uh, empty cove, <laughs> just poor poor canoe kayak uh, uh, swimmer, maybe. So uh, um, I guess, like, tread carefully, swim carefully, um, wear a mask, get vaccinated. Um, and and uh,
0: you know, good luck. Yeah, I think everyone just has to make their own choices. I think you know, it, it depends on what you're interested in. I mean, you know, Brandon's a cruise season ticket holder, he's more likely to make an exception because of something he's interested in, and you know, which is fine. I mean, we're all gonna have to make choices. Uh, Brandon's right, unless something significantly different happens in terms of. Uh, number of people getting the vaccine, you know, you're not going to have herd immunity, so you're, you're going to have to live with it. And we're all going to have to make choices of what we feel comfortable with and what we don't. And, you know, the good thing is if you're fully vaccinated, the risk of, like, death or a, a hospital stay goes way down. But still, it's not just about me, it's about how it affects other people and everything. Because you can still be a carrier, even if you're not a, um, you know, a suffer of COVID. So yeah, it just be careful and be smart. And again, I, I think especially here in Ohio, not everybody's careful or smart. And <laughs> hopefully we get the, the picture, but I, I'm just afraid it's probably not gonna happen, sadly. Um I, I want to move on because again there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh this happened on Friday so we don't need to touch on it but I want definitely at least Give a mention, maybe not a huge discussion. Um, Anthony okay. Gonzalez, uh, Ohio State player. Uh, he played football for the Indianapolis Colts in the NFL. As you know, he's a U.S. rep right now. Well, in the Republican mind, he kind of did the unthinkable. He voted to impeach uh, President Trump. And, you, you know, Republicans want to have a unified front. And, you know, they're upset about that. Um, I think, you know, former president Trump still wants to have a big role in the party. So you're looking at this as kind of like a litmus test on, Hey, are you a true Republican? If you're a true Republican, you support Donald Trump. You think that the election was stolen and, you know, he got censured over the weekend. I don't know. It, it really wasn't clear what censure means. It's almost like at work, if they call you out and say, Oh, you did something bad, uh, but they also asked for him to resign. Now, I've been checking his Twitter over the weekend. I've seen no response, and I can't believe he would resign uh, his spot in Congress just based on, you know, a call from a Republican party he's kind of concerned at. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like it's just going to go status quo, and he'll just live with the censure and move on. Um, Craig, what do you think the future is here? I mean, it seems like a shocking move, but it's almost like a slap in the wrist, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's really more just like a posturing move to, to say that you, you don't like someone. But I, I don't think he should really fear anything as of right now. Obviously, if Trump does get back into the race here for 2024, my guess is, is that he's going to call out a lot of the people that, you know, have – Vote that voted to impeach. I, I just feel like, you know, Gonzalez is in a, in, in, first of all, he's very popular. Second of all, I think he's in an area where he, he can be a Republican and get votes from Democrats because he's in, you know, the Cleveland area. So I don't, I don't really see this being a huge problem for him, you know, seeking re election. I don't think he's going to resign. I don't think he has any desire to resign. And I don't think he should resign, um, you know. And it it, mostly what I think for the Republican Party was just a way to get their their support for Trump out there fully 100 percent to show him we support you. We're going to speak out against people that voted, you know, in favor of impeachment. So I would I would venture to guess that this is just much ado about nothing in in most cases.
0: Yeah, Brandon, I'm. I'm more of a moderate type of guy where I don't want to go to the extreme either way. Uh, I've I've asked for this and I know it's kind of a ridiculous thing to even ask for, but with you know Gonzalez being censured and with them talking about them censoring Kasich, what do you think it's going to take for just these moderates? And you know, there's some moderates in the Democratic Party that that aren't quite 100% bored with what the Democrats do what do you think it's going to take to have a moderate party? I mean, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but, you know, the status quo, I mean, what are you going to do? I think people like Anthony Gonzalez still want to serve. I don't think they're just going to not run again. You think we got a chance for maybe a third party for people who feel displaced by Republicans?
1: No. Um, I think that third parties just aren't aren't viable in the current two-party system structure that we have today. And when I mean structure, I'm talking about how we um, elect people here in the States versus how we might vote in Europe. Um, Over there, there's without getting into the weeds of of voting um, mechanisms, let's just put it this way. You're more, it's more the voting system allows you to have many parties um, over in the European parliamentary system. And usually, once after the election, parties ha- then have to negotiate, get together, talk about partnering together to build a bigger majority and coalition. But at the same time, compromises and, and agreements are made between those two the, those multiple parties, and it ends up being more like you end up anyway with sort of like two factions. And while I've been and been in that camp of oh, I don't like the two party system, I will point out in Nazi in Germany when it became Nazi Germany. Um Hitler only won with one third of the vote in the general election. So um that kind of happened sort of though in the primary processes. I think our primaries have been sort of kind of undermined the two party system. You can even say that, you know, the two-party system doesn't exist as it used to. It's more like two-party systems, more like, you know, two electoral highways to success. One's called Republican way, one's called Democrat way. Um, and that's problematic. It's why we've seen the advent of independents like Trump and Sanders kind of hijacking these highways to, you know, get better, better traction rather than running as third party candidates themselves. Um, overall though, one thing I like about the two party system though, is it's a big tent. It encourages big tents. It encourages like, you know, um, between the two parties. And that's a problem, I think, the biggest thing from this Republican censuring uh, frenzy across the states. Uh, this is kind of, you know, still a bit state driven. but There's also, of course, the most prime example at the federal level is the Liz Cheney leadership uh, debacle right there. Because, um, like, in comparison, back in 2008, Joe Lieberman blasted Barack Obama at the Republican National Convention. An independent who caucused with the Democrats, but big friends with John McCain. And, you know, he didn't go to the convention to say, I'm, oh, I love John. I love John McCain. He's great, great. He went after Barack Obama and, like, criticized him. And whether you, his criticisms were fair or not, um, a lot of Democrats at the time took, took offense to it. It was really – they were asking Harry Reid, the Senate um, leader for the Democrats, um, to oust him. And Reid said, no, we're keeping him in the fold. Um, he, he we need we need Joe Lieberman um, and Lieberman was very influential in ACA negotiate and ACA um, development, very, very staunch opponent of the public option. And it certainly played, which certainly has some had lasting effects um, on ACA's impact in healthcare in the U.S. So take that as what you will. But it's interesting, though, fast forward to today where a lot of this, these Republicans want to kind of push more for a sort of conformity around again around an individual like um I just think that it's um from a strategy standpoint, I don't get it, and you know like Craig said I don't think it's going the censuring the censuring says more about the Republican Party than it does about this than Anthony Gonzalez, uh, from Cleveland
0: yeah it, 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 and I'm with you. I mean, a third party is problematic, and I mean, there could be a hundred political parties. The problem is going to be is, and you know, we all know this. Money plays a role, and for a third party, you, you've got to have money going into it. And I mean, I yeah, you know, I think that was the problem with Kasich when he ran for president against Trump in sixteen. I mean, he didn't get any support, and that's why he didn't do well compared to like a president, you know, former president Trump. So yeah, it, it just I guess the thing is if you're anywhere between sympathetic to former president Trump or sympathetic to the current administration, you feel lost. And, you know, maybe that's, I think overall that's a problem in politics thing. It just, I I mean, and you got to make a choice. I mean, I made a choice based on who I feel more comfortable with um, for the last election, which is fine. I mean, I'm like, I don't feel like I'm not being represented, but I just don't know if – I'd like to be more on board with either candidate and feel like I was super on board with either candidate. Now uh, there's one candidate I was a lot more on board with. That's why I voted one way last election. But, you know, some people were upset. My presidential pick were like, oh, he's your guy. I'm like, no, neither one of them are my guy. I just thought one was better than the other, so I picked one. So, I don't know, it's tough. And, and we'll keep following that. But, yeah, the central thing is kind of silly um, I, I'm more interested just in general. What's happened to the Republican Party? I mean it's it's crazy. And I, I think the biggest thing that President Trump had going for him was he had more of a voice when he was on social media. Um, you know, they keep on talking about, oh, look at all the great things he's doing or the things he could do for candidates. You don't hear from him other than that, you know, blog that we talked about last week. So it'll be interesting to see how things progress. Um I saw Matt Ga- Gates, I believe his name and uh Marjorie Taylor Greene doing some rally and it, it, it's shocking because both of these people are up on you know pretty big charges and ethics and everything else but they're still doing their thing which is weird. You never saw it in politics in the past. We're in a weird time political wise. So all right, but hey, it's a weird time in politics. Couple weird stories are going on today and you don't know what to do. I got some advice for you. Don't make your whole life weird. Um, you know, you might be sitting at home going, man, I need some new furniture. I'm freaked out. I don't know what to do. I don't want to go to the furniture store all day. Um, I don't want to rent a truck to bring my furniture home or spend a lot of money. What should I do? Well, try Ashley Home Store. A very good furniture store. They're in many areas. And if they're not super close to you, they'll deliver it to you and best of all, you can order from home. So, hey, uh, they've got great deals. Click on the link. Hey, I clicked on the link immediately to say, hey, here's a coupon. We're going to offer you a coupon to save on your next visit. So try Ashley home store. It makes it easier. Man, right now, if, if I'm buying a new couch, I want to do it from home. I want to have them deliver it delivered to me and have guys bring it in. And you say, hey, put right here, and you're good to go. Right now in COVID and with everything going on, that's all I need in life. Uh, I hope you need that too. Check it out. Make sure you click on the link uh, either on our webpage that you'll look at the podcast from or any of our podcast providers and check out Ashley Home Store. You won't be disappointed at all. Great great service and great company. All right. Um, Hey, we're going to get to the Columbus crew in just a second. Um, Obviously, a lot of big stuff happening with them over the weekend. But first of all, I want to mention really quick and um, John Tortorella um, is a Columbus Blue Jackets uh, coach. Uh, I know we're not a huge hockey show, but I just want to mention this quick. Um, he announced he's not going to return back to Columbus Blue Jackets. And I'm a little disappointed. Um, Blue Jackets were a bad team, and Tortorella isn't a guy to take a bad team. And, you know, he's getting older. He doesn't want to take four years to turn around another team again. Uh, so they mutually decided to part ways. I'm going to miss John Tortorella. Um, not very hard-nosed coach. yelled at media. Uh, I was going to try to put together a highlight uh reel, but lots of yelling at the media, lots of storming out of press conferences. Just a fun guy. I mean, I like the old grumpy guys, He was kind of funny, and he's just kind of a grump, and he just made me laugh. Um, uh, Brandon, I know you're not a huge hockey fan. Um, he had a notable press conference where, um, You know, for a lot of these press conferences, especially before COVID, you'd walk up to the podium, turn your record on your cell phone on, and put it there. That way, you could have a recording of the press conference you can refer to later as you're writing the story. Um, One reporter's phone went off, and Tortorella answered the phone call during the press conference. It turned out to be a reporter's mom, and Tortorella was talking about, I don't want to talk to your son. I want to talk to you. You're the best and everything. So I'm going to miss John Tortorella. And I hope he goes somewhere alike. I like. I miss him, so that'll be good. Uh, Brandon, have you ever heard of John Tortorella?
1: Oh yes, yes. I was actually, I think, and I'm feeling bad for forgetting. Um, hits his predecessor, but I was there for like um, Game Four in the Blue Jackets season, sick about six years ago before Tort was hired. Um, and. It was like the, it was like the worst starting start in Blue Jacket history. I was there with some friends who were Blue Jackets uh, support, uh, you know, fans, and um, they got cheap tickets, so we went there to watch a game. And Blue Jackets lost, and one of my friends stood up and just, you know, m- mouthing off and uh, not happy with the result. After that, shortly after that, that predecessor, and I'm again feel bad for uh, forgetting the name, but got fired. And though, despite ironically there. A lot of people love that coach, and um, and then um, of course they brought in Tort, and I think he's had a really good run. And with Blue Jackets, I think at least trying to make them as competitive as possible. Um, and there's been some highs and lows, and it's interesting from as a crew fan to see the conversations about how Blue Jackets fit in the National Hockey League, as far as you know, Colum- or how Columbus fits in the National Hockey League. Um, you know what with, with its challenges as a as the biggest small team um or the biggest small town in the u s um, but I, I my favorite you know there's always a good tort story but I think my my favorite um quotes a few years ago when i i overheard it from some folks uh uh coworkers who mentioned it was like tort said people were too night chummy on the ice uh they were yeah. you know he 's like let 's get back to the days when they were mean. And now it's just like a couple of days later here. uh, Fast forward, it's like everyone's fighting on the ice and National Hockey League's under, under hot water, I guess, uh, for, um, uh, for it. So, uh, I just, people are thinking, oh, we're getting back to the old days. (laughs) So, um, you know, uh, Tort, Tort had, had was, you know, he had vision. He had people probably listened to him. So. I almost joked, like, oh, man, that his comments resurfaced, and that's why they're getting rid of him. But, uh, yeah, Jackets have been struggling lately, so what are you going to well,
0: do? One thing is, you know, they just lost, and sometimes you just start losing. It happens. And, uh, you know, Tortorella, think of it as a coach. I mean, think of it as like a boss. You know, sometimes you have real nice bosses that let you do a lot. That's your style. And sometimes you have the hardcore. I'm going to yell at you, boss. And I don't know if I could play under John Torrell. I'm not worshiping the ground he walks on. Uh, Craig and I were talking before the show. Um, Craig wasn't sure if he. he you say he really what You didn't think he was the greatest coach. Uh, I want to make sure I, I quote you right.
2: No, I mean, I think, I, think he, I think he was a good coach. I just think that, you know, well, it, it, with guys like him that are more of the hardcore sandpaper rub you the wrong way kind of coach yell and scream kind of coach. Those guys tend to burn out and you know, they, their message burns out with the players and people don't want to play for him necessarily. I think he's a, a really good coach. He's a Stanley cup winning coach. He's going to probably land on his feet and find another job because he, you know, he does have a pedigree behind him, even though he is in his sixties. I think he's going to land on his feet, but I just think it was time for a change. I think that they have you know, they want to move in a new direction. Maybe they want to go younger and maybe getting a coach that's more of like a player's kind of coach, teacher kind of guy is probably yeah. the type of coach to go after. Nothing against Torts. I think he's a good coach, and he's going to land on his feet.
0: Well, I'll be honest. I think Torrell is leaving on good terms. But I don't think he wanted to be part of that type of effort too. And, you know, the Blue right. Jackets are right. not like this core franchise that everyone's going to – come to in free so you, know, you almost have to build up and hopefully young guys get better. Uh, two quick things about Tortorone. Like I said, I, I, I'm a fan of him as a person, so I, I hope he lands somewhere. I want him to be the next Jeopardy host. I, I want him to a point where I can watch him on YouTube or whatever. I, he, he makes me laugh. Uh, he had this incident. Uh, he was a coach of the Vancouver Canucks before he went to Columbus. Uh, they had a fight at the beginning of the game. Just the teams were upset with each other. They started a fight. Tortorella was leaning over the bench, screaming at the other coach. And at the first intermission, when they went back to the locker room, Tortorella wanted to go and fight the team. So he was trying to break into the locker room of the other team. And he almost got in there. And he was just way out of control. Uh, he said later it wasn't one of his better nights. But that made me laugh. But, uh, Brand, to your point, it was interesting. Uh, The coach before Tortorella was a guy by the name of Todd Richards. And Todd has a lot of NHL juice. Um, Tampa Bay won the Stanley Cup. He he became assistant coach for Tampa Bay. So Todd Richards was a very good coach. Todd Richards was probably one of the nicest men I've ever met. Uh, I covered the Blue Jackets for a year and a half. Todd was the coach of the Blue Jackets at that time. Uh, I always got along with Todd. Todd knew our names. I remember covering the Blue Jackets were uh, helping put a playground together somewhere in inner city Columbus, and I went and Todd approached me and we sat and interviewed for a while, um, and he was a friendly guy, so it was a culture change for Columbus because they went from the ultimate player's coach, nice guy, nice uncle that you know never say anything wrong to a very temperamental guy, John Torrell. So I I know I, I got myself a little bit of a YouTube buying trail yesterday going back at old John Tortorella quotes and uh, just how people reacted to them. It was fun. I'm sorry. I'm a John Tortorella guy. I know not everybody else is. All right, well, let's approach this. We got to be a little bit ginger because uh, Columbus Crew is it's a very passionate subject for a lot of people. Uh, Brandon here is a season ticket holder for the Columbus Crew. Well, there was a huge story breaking yesterday. Apparently, the the crew are interested in a rebrand. Um Well, MLS is kind of at a crossroads right now. Um, In some ways, the league's growing. There's, you know, expansion. um, Cities are proving bigger stadiums. So I wouldn't necessarily say say that the MLS is in trouble necessarily, but it's been kind of hit and miss a little bit, to be honest with you. Uh, MLS is probably, what would you say, Brandon, maybe like the sixth top soccer league in the world? I don't know. I would say what? that's that's.
1: I think it's a little high. It might be in the top within the top ten. I think okay. it's a little bit fair. Maybe you're gonna maybe, um, yeah. I would go with that. Go with more top ten. Just and that's a that's because I think there. And that's not really a flattering thing to say. I think there are a lot of better soccer leagues in the world now, than MLS. <laughs> well,
0: What? Well, I'll put it this way. And One of the things I wanted to talk about was it's like the NHL. I, I'm I'm starting to under. I, Living here in Columbus, I want to get – I'm giving soccer a big chance. Um, if we talk, I had this conversation 10 years ago, would be like, ah, who cares, screw it. But living in the area, I'm still not a soccer fan, but I'm trying to understand more. I'm trying to watch it a little bit more and everything. Um, but I, and I understand soccer's never going to be a humongous sport. I mean, more people like soccer in general. In, in the U.S., but, I mean, MLS is eons behind the NFL. And same thing, too, for my sport. I like the NHL. I know it's nowhere near. It's probably right now at the same level popularity-wise as the MLS, to be honest with you. So, I don't know. It, it, Craig, jump in. I, I know you're not a huge MLS guy, yet, but jump in where you want. But want to kind of get Brandon's, uh thought about this. Um, so, let's, let's see the news. So, so they're rebranding themselves. From what I'm hearing, there's an announcement supposedly coming sometime this week. I know Pete Edwards was on Wall-to-Wall Sports with 10TV. They start to explain what's happening. Um, I I guess kind of basics, I'm understanding, is they want to become more of a global uh, product. And when you see a lot of the iconic teams in Europe, you know, it's not the Man City muskies. They just say, hey, we're Man City and everything. I think Columbus is is feeling that hey to become Columbus SC, that's kind of the direction we need to go. I brandy here's my problems, and I I don't want to get mean, but I I I feel like I need to flame everybody. We've talked about this in the past. I I think the MLS really wants to kick themselves in the foot constantly, and I'm not even talking about the ownership of Columbus. I'm talking about the league of, of itself. Um. It is hard to watch games on their app. You can't watch home games. They say, hey, you've got to have cable to do that. Um, There's no service where, you know, there's not like a service like there is with NFL where you can watch the home games. So if you like your home team like you like, you're out of luck. Um, We're at a time where cable is becoming like print newspaper. I mean, you've got streaming networks and everything. Uh, A lot of soccer places, not everybody, but a lot of them aren't really going to that. Um, So the MLS kicks himself in the foot. I think Columbus, you know, uh, Anthony Precourt was the former owner of Columbus. You know, he really wanted to have a team in Austin, so he announced plans to move the team. Everyone freaked the heck out, and they said... You know, and and thankfully, the fans kind of stood up and they pushed for the team to stay. Um, I don't think the fans found the owner, but Jimmy D Haslam came forward and they bought the crew, which was great. Here's the issue I'm having: I, I think the team is dumb because the team is kind of overlooking what the most passionate fans like especially during a time where you're opening a new stadium where you say, Hey, we need everybody to be on board. Hopefully we could sell tickets. Hopefully we we could do well. I know this year is going to be different because of COVID. I mean, you're, you may not have a hundred percent capacity, but the team is kind of avoiding where the fans are at. And then here's the other thing. And I'd love Saves a crew. I've gotten in there. Some of the guys we had, uh, What was it, David Miller, Brandon?
1: Yeah, I think that sounds right, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, one of the guys. David isn't the prime Save the Crew guy, but he's one of the the bigger guys in that movement. He was on the show, and I don't mean to flame those guys. I don't mean to flame Brandon. I I, I appreciate all of them. I remember the first time I talked to the leader of the Save the Crew movement. I I covered the story a lot when I was working solely for the Cincinnati Choir. And I kind of told him, I said, look, dude, I don't think it's going to happen. And he said, oh, watch us; It's going to happen. And to that guy's credit, hey, it happened. Great. Go, you, you know, I'm glad they did it. But, you know, here at the Columbus Dispatch, we published a story last night saying, oh, the fans are mad because they weren't consulted before the change. Well, here's the other thing. I know Columbus Crew fans are passionate. I know it's a little bit different relationship than even like the Browns to fans of Cleveland or the Steelers fans of Pittsburgh. I'm just saying it's not the same, but here's the other thing. Unless you own the team personally, teams can make decisions. Now, in this case, it's kind of silly to have a rebrand about about that because you can lose fans. But if a team makes a decision, a team makes a decision because they own the team. Yeah, I mean, they should listen to the fans, but it's not like the fans – have guy get the thumbs up. I, I, Brandon, help me out. I've got a bunch of conflicting feelings. I'm kind of annoyed at everybody saying about this.
1: Well, we could start out at different levels. Um, at the league level, major league soccer has an authenticity problem. Um, the league started in the late 90s, Columbus being one of the founding teams um it started and it was mostly a single entity model i think it's a single entity model from the beginning i think as far as my understanding of history goes um because so that means owners share the revenue they share a lot of they they, it's like they share everything they work together and that including labor costs and whatnot that single entity is probably uh it comes with its pros and cons as a business model um it's um you know I think it's made it so that m l s in a way doesn't actually need to rely on fans to show up to the stadiums um to be profitable in fact a lot of those teams today are not profitable some are 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 barely breaking even maybe a few are profitable um but so because of that though and my for my just me looking from the outside in um looking out outside in or however that phrase goes but um it makes me think that a lot of decisions are not based on fan input. Um, so there's that. I also think as another, another note on on a major league soccer, when it started in the 1990s, the English premier league and other European soccer leagues didn't really have the same kind of pool or TV TV access that they do today. Um, you can get almost every Premier League match through NBC Sports Network. It's a lot more accessible on uh, on NBC Sport Net Sports Network, um, which is available on Hulu and other popular streaming apps today. Um, they're trying to push people to the Peacock, but um, I think it's it's rankled people. But uh, it is what it is. Um, Champions League the uh, for the Europe um, competition is available now on CBS Sports um, and we've created this dynamic here where we have a lot of Americans who love the Euro leagues. They do not like MLS. Um, sometime, and then it comes count. It it clashes with those who, who didn't have the access to soccer back in the nineties, like we do today. And they loved MLS because they could see a live soccer game. And maybe they weren't even interested in soccer, the global sport. They just liked that they could go to this, this was like their little niche thing. Like they could go to major league soccer. It wasn't really cool at the time. Um And they grew up, grew with the team. They have history with the team. Um MLS is at the league level is trying to like wrap around, um, trying to like find a way to, to merge all of its audience, these, these conflicting audiences together. And if, and so there's a bit of a conspiracy uh, speculation about this, like, wow, a lot of these old MLS teams are rebranding. They're going more for the, the SC, the AFC, the FC um, monikers. They're getting rid of like the cool Americanized names. Some were actually terrible. The crew is not one of them. And actually, the top three teams, um, some of the top three teams in, in MLS right now, the LA, uh, the LA Galaxy, the Portland Timbers, the Seattle Sounders, those are American style names and they're not being forced to rebrand or they're not feeling they need to rebrand. So, but there's a lot been a lot of rebranding for more of the Euro style names. And we're not sure if it's just an MLS directive or is this really team owners doing, doing some focus groups at their level and they're thinking we need to be a Euro just to copycat Europe. Um, At the team level, at the team level, there was no there from what, according to Nordec supporters group, there was no input from asked from the fans, no engagement. Now you may say it's within their right to do so. And quite clearly you're right, Chris, they're clearly within their right not to go out and get fan put, put. they can put out any brand they want to put out. Um, it comes with the capitalism risk um, and whatnot. Um, and so I know of, uh, I, I follow a lower league soccer, unlike many crew fans, I think. There's a, there's a startup league in the third division called the national independent soccer league or soccer association, excuse me. And some, and they have some really cool teams coming around the corner. Um, Chicago house athletic club did a 68 team March madness style bracket for their team names. Um, They, you know, I think there were a lot of them. They put them into four different groups, different names for each region Um, I don't know how they came up with the list of 68. I think they asked for fan input to submit names. Um, so they had everything FCs, SCs, um, and they kind of had voting going on throughout a week process. And they eventually picked out a name and, um, the design and stuff was done more without, I think as much fan input, but it, you know, I think, um, there was so much care and thought put into that logo. um, so I think at the end of the day, I mean, at least fans got more input on the naming process. So that was good. I think the crew could have done a better job of getting fan input and really make the case to say, look, we want to we want to push. We really want to do a little, change the name a little bit. And I think the fans could have said, keep the name crew in it somehow. I think if with they and um I think if they gone more of that route, they could have come up with some better compromise than they are than they they're trying to come out with with this new logo. Um, I looked at the new logo on that's leaked online. It's not as it's a little bit, I think the current one's better. And a lot of people have this misunderstanding that pre court was, was the driving force behind that logo. Not true. It was already under work. Um, according to, you know, a lot of my digging and talking with some primary folks in the, at the, at the Twitter sphere, um, that, um, This was something that was already being worked on by a Columbus firm, actually. Um, um, And um, by the hunt groups sports group, um, who was the first owners of the, of the team before selling to pre-court. And then by the time he bought it, it was done. They released the logo. They released uh, maybe some new jerseys that weren't, that weren't as well loved (laughs) at the time. But, um, um, But the logo was well received. Actually, it was, People really thought it was a really good logo. They even thought it was better than the original logo, the one with the three hard hat guys. Um, and I remember at the time, I did see the news stories about the rebrand, and I thought, oh, that's cool. And I thought it was interesting. But I think what really got me hooked on the crew wasn't the logo or the rebrand um, or even adding an SC moniker. It was really the fans. And I will, this will be my way to transition to the fan level. Um I really enjoyed the passion I saw at the 2015 MLS Cup final when I was at Fado's Irish pub in Easton, and just it was packed. I I was I was I had to stand in the back with my Blue Jackets friends who were more interested in seeing this final than I was. Um, You know, I even spilled a little bit of my beer there at the time. It was real with the waitress. I felt bad. Long story there, but that was what hooked, got me interested to further look more into this team. And um followed the 2016 season, it was fun, it was a lot of drama. I enjoyed that. So that's what got me interested in the crew in the beginning with. Um but the thing, the thing, so it's really the supporters, it's really that energy that's gonna bring in more people in. Um but the fandom does come with sort of that double edgedness because there's this there's this group, there's these longtime fans, you respect them, you love them. You know, they've been there from the day one, probably. But if fans and I think fan, I think fans deserve a lot of input. A lot of input needs to be their input needs to be taken seriously. You do not want to alienate your fan base. I do think, though, and the fan base, uh, you know, if the fan base truly had it its way, they would change nothing from day one. And I think change sometimes has to happen to grow. I do think it can get toxic. It can get a little unhealthy at times, but I think, and I think it's like sometimes even crew fans are a little anti MLS, but at the t- same time, they're trying to tell people, "Oh, come join my, come support my soccer team in this league. I think I don't value at all. It's, it's such a conflicting message. Um, I think, so I do think, you know, there were reports yesterday, North Deca said there was some harassment. There was some attack, personal attacks on, on the front office staff and the, and family members and that's not acceptable um but I do think um you know they they uh, they needed to p- push for what you know be open-minded about any rebrand um and I think um but this I would have to say though I'm more in the camp of this re if you're gonna do a rebrand get fan input get fan input Talk to the groups, have them part of the process along the way, make it interactive, make it public, have a a contest, have, 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 have activities here and there, do different logos, different iterations, have voting done, um, you know, um, and, and then just say, look, we're not going to, it's going to be the final one, but we're going to take that under consideration because what you think might be good, the bulk of, of all of us might not think it's good. Um, so, I do think there needs to be with soccer um, as it is it's about it's about you know having a community, and if you're ignoring a half, a, part, a good chunk of your community, you're going to get these kinds of controversies. Um, so we'll see what happens. I don't know if um, save the crew is going to be as successful because at the point the way that MLS works and the way uS soccer works as a final note. Um, it requires a billionaire owner to be in Division One of, or specifically MLS. You have to have an owner with a minimum of forty million dollars, or a sole owner with seventy million dollars. You and I don't have that money, so we can't start our own team and compete with with Columbus. So it is what it is. Um, Save the Crew was more of a successful in the sense that it it seemed to sell. Uh, Columbus crew to the Haslams, like, oh, this is a good market to get into in MLS. Um, but th- at the end of the day, it's more their team than the fans.
0: All right. Well, Brandon, we're, we're getting up against it. And this is an issue that is going to go on. Um, I, I guess I had two quick points. And uh, Craig, I wanted to ask you about this, but you know, we could touch about this at another time. Um, I guess the big question, it being a business, is. Yeah, this Nordica fan group is probably one of the more passionate fan groups in sports in America today. Um, and if all crew fans are like the Nordica, hey, this could be like the Green Bay Packers fandom. you know. Um, I, I guess my concern, I don't have a bunch of irons in the fire, but my, my big concern is are they going to be able to sell tickets? I'm, you know, They've got a really nice stadium that's opening up in the near future. Can they sell tickets? We're not going to answer this week uh, or this year because of COVID. They need to support the team. And maybe crew ownership is saying, hey, Nordica, we understand you're passionate. You've been great supporters. But maybe there's more money to be made about this global brand. I I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying what the other side of the argument could be. And uh, to be honest, we're not going to know that until probably this time next year when you see what the ticket sales are like. That pretty much goes to it. Um, Craig, quick answer, let's just say it like this. Um, I I know we're not as into soccer as like Brandon might be. I know there may be an argument to be made, like when the Redskins dropped their name and went to Washington football team, they were mocked. The longer the year went, I thought it was almost kind of cool. Maybe all teams should drop their names and say like you like the Detroit Lions, maybe it should be FC Detroit, like Football Club Detroit or or AF Detroit, like American football Detroit or something. I don't know. There may be some benefit to that in the future. And, again, not take enough away from the Nordica, because I know it's a definite uh, different issue, but you never know. Are you in favor of FC Detroit? Um, Only as long as their logo
2: would be like a uh... – Steaming pile of hot garbage or something because that's Good. usually what. Uh, as, a, as a Lions fan, I hate to say it, but that's what they are. But yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's if if the if the ownership wants to change a name, they have the right, you know. And obviously, you'd love to have fan interaction, but in this case, they decided, you know, against that. So not much you can. Re- I, I don't know that they'll lose a lot of support from the for the from the team perspective. I think people are still going to support the team. They just may be like, well, why did we change? And, and maybe in 15 years they might change back in another rebrand and, and go retro. You know what I mean? So who knows what will happen in the future. But obviously they have the right to do this, and they've decided to go that direction.
0: And again, nothing harsh against Brandon, nothing harsh against Sam, the Nordica or Santa Cruz group. Um, <laughs> I, I'm impressed. I mean, look, they, they're going to have my lifelong – Amazement to the fact they pull off what they pulled off because I I thought there's no way they're going to do that. I I, I guess the challenges and it's not up to Brandon or, or you, you got to develop more passionate fans like that because I, I I just I think my issue is I'm not sure if the passion fans are there. And hey, I hope I'm wrong. I hope you know because it's fun to have soccer in Columbus. It's fun to have pro sports in Columbus. I don't want to see it go away. I I, I just. I'm not sure if overall there's the interest of people paying the money, but, but we'll leave it like that. Um, We got to go. So let me uh, give you a couple pieces of good advice before we take off. Uh, Listener of support. um, You know, hey, there's a way you can support us. We, we've got some contests going on. Uh, we are kind of in talks with Anchor about seeing if there's a way that we can sell some of our content. Um, there's a lot of things going on, but what we're doing is, Hey, we want to give you something, but help support us. We want to invest money back in the show. I want to thank Craig and Brandon for getting up early four days a week. So look at how you can support the show. It's fun. You know, we give you a lot of content today, see how you can support us and help us reinvest in what we're doing. Uh, information is here on the link, check it out. A lot of fun stuff you could do there. And also Chase Bank, look. You might sit there and say, "What the heck was I listening to for hour? Can you give me my hour back? Can you pay me for what I was listening to?" Yes, we can. I got a note over the weekend from Chase Bank, uh, Craig and Brandon. I was saying you could get two hundred bucks if you open an account and tax direct deposit. Chase Bank must have been listening to our show because they said, "Guys, two hundred bucks isn't going to be enough for them to listen to your show. We're going to give you two hundred twenty-five dollars." So, seriously, if you open the account and if you attach a direct deposit to it, you'll get 225 bucks placed in your account. Man, it, it almost made the past hour worth it for everybody. Um, and, you know, Chase Bank. I mean, it's worked for me, and I, I, I'm confident it's going to work for you. So, check out Chase Bank. Help yourself and help us at the same time. Um, Brandon, good conversation about the Columbus Crew. Uh, we'll talk more about that as time goes on, Bram. We gotta conversation. Get I was ranting. Oh, <laughs> Craig fine. and hey, you I- are just
1: I- suffering my, uh, or my little <laughs> audience <laughs> for my rant. Oh, yeah. Thank hey, you, I- though. I think I should thank you.
0: I- I've ranted before, and we all had when we talked about Nickelodeon, and we saw a side <laughs> of Craig that we've never seen before, and-, and Craig ranted about slime and guts and everything for. <laughs> I don't know that podcast was went twenty five hours. So, hey, it's a, we, we've all, you know, there is things I am passionate about. Craig, you know, when you talk about guts on Nickelodeon, that's where he gets passionate. <laughs> okay. That's what Craig truly cares about in life. No, we, we're we're teasing it, Craig. But yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Got, like, Columbus guts or something, you know?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It'll Columbus be guts. guts. <laughs> or, or when we talk about Brandon's new book idea, um, yeah, your, your wife is friends with me on Facebook and. She sent me a message about your book that I need to, I, I need to ask her about. It, it was a little bit of a cryptic message, so I need to figure out what's going on there, Brandon. Oh, wait, what did my wife ask you? She had a message. I was complimenting you guys in your garden, and there was some reference to the book, or maybe I missed it. I don't know, I, I, I got follow up with her and see what's going on. So,
1: oh, okay. I, I I'm not I, sure what I, book she's talking about.
0: <laughs> what what uh, your book you're trying to write that every time we talk about we we get very uh, we get weirded out about.
1: Oh, okay, okay. I, I'm yeah. not sure. I know. She, I know you she's trying to uh, egg, um egg, um put out. Uh, I don't know what the right phrase is. Um, she wants to. Everyone's now asking for my services and gardening and putting out doing some lawn care and creating nice little landscapes now. Apparently, so. Okay. um
0: We'll see what... Please don't. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what's Our going yeah.
1: Doing my own gardening is uh, excruciating enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's something going on. Som- someday, Craig, we have more time. We, we got to delve a little bit deeper in- into Brandon's stuff. Um, I-, I will say real quick, and we got hard out, but uh, I did speak with a former co-host... John Reed, who has open invitation coming back. I told him the story about Brandon's book and he was speechless for literally five minutes. He was, he was like, Whoa, what? John uh, had quite the wild reaction to it. So it should be good. So yeah, check us out tomorrow. A couple of things going on. I want to touch on tomorrow. Uh, update about the um, sports betting in Ohio and the death of Ernest Angley. I've got some Ernest Angley stories. Uh, he was kind of a controversial televangelist. And for some reason, my parents, when I was a kid, said, we got to go to the Ernest Ainsley, um buffet. So we'll have to talk about that tomorrow. So <laughs> it's kind of a wild story. All right. Well, um, Craig had to take off. But, um, Brandon, thanks again. And we will talk more about Ohio stuff tomorrow. Uh, have a great day, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney.